Hello everyone, I am Juana Yordekescu and you're listening to the We Include podcast. Here we seek to bring you the most relevant and off-the-shelf diversity and inclusion initiatives. Today we're landing in Brussels, home of European Women on Boards, which is an umbrella association striving to achieve gender equality in decision-making in Europe. We are speaking with the very one Hedwig Nuyens, who is the chair of the organization, as well as CEO of International Banking Federation, speaker, mentor, and DEI champion. Hello, Hedwig. I am thrilled to have you on the We Include podcast. How are you? Hello, Oana. I'm fine and I'm very pleased to have this show <laughs> with you. I have a confession to make. I jumped off my chair when you reply to my invite. And not just because I've been following you so closely on what you're doing for gender equality in Europe, which I pledge alliance to, uh, but your holistic take on financial inclusion. I love the the talks you have out there, or YouTube, I think you have a, a bunch of them, which I, I watch. Your advice to working from within the system, uh, weaving in feminism and really creating a, a global view on generational wealth seems so needed in the European space. How much of this specialized background is fueling your work uh, that you're doing today on gender equality? Yeah, I think actually that my passion for gender equality and equality in general came from my very early childhood because I was not expected to be a, a girl. I was expected to be a boy. That's what my my, my parents were hoping for. So that mm-hmm. direct um, connection and, and experience of what it is to grow up as a girl when everyone thinks that boys are better, that has actually fueled my mission and drive to also help women afterwards. And so I think that with that knowledge, that passion, I used actually my banking experience and career to um, to make both work together. And such a career, I must say. <laughs> um, let's talk European Women on Boards. What does it stand for today? I'd love to hear from you as the main driver of this. European Women on Boards has actually a very clear and simple mission, and that is equality of men and women in decision-making. Decision-making means the executive committee or C-suite and the board of directors. And we want Mm -hmm. equal representation of men and women in those decisions. You're focusing mainly on the European space. I guess you have also a global vision. How does how do we compare? Is I, are you looking at let's say Europe, Asia, US, Africa? Is there yeah a, a conversation happening with other entities in these other continents? Yes. So our name is European Women on Board. So we focus on uh, European, uh, large European corporates, but we do not operate in a vacuum or in or a, or a silo. So that means that uh, actually we can we have members from all over the world because uh, most of our offer is digital. So we have members in Africa, Asia, US uh, joining very eagerly. But our focus would be on following the progress in the 600 largest companies. And that's also how we have set out our four drivers of change. We will dive more in the four drivers. I love them. And I think you have a very clear and explicit way to build on that. So we'll we'll get there. Looking at the the association itself, it's a civic society in a way, and it, a, 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 an initiative more on this uh, direction. How did you build this? What would be the start, right, the seed of this organization? And what are maybe some of the biggest milestones in, in creation uh, of the organization so far? 
European women on boards actually started because women were so angry that the board directive... <laughs> board out of anger, I love it. Yeah, and the, the board directive uh, setting 40% a target on stock yes. companies was voted by the parliament and voted by the commission, but then stopped and blocked at the level of the council. But then they said, okay, we're going to create this organization to make change happen. And they have been waiting 10 years since on the council and created an association, created a network. And that's where I came in last year. And I said, okay, we're going to start again to lobby at the level of the European Council. And we managed to get that board directive approved at the council. So I would say it's a major milestone for us. And there I jump in also with uh, the strategy that we will talk about later on. But I would say we are now at a crossroad. It has been signed by the Council. It's back on the table for, of the Parliament. So let's see whether the Parliament can get the job done now and have the board directive approved, hopefully before the end of June. Okay, we need to give some phone calls, right? <laughs> Who are you taking with you on this journey. I, I understand this is not a, a one-woman show. It's really a, a collaboration, a large network and a growing network. But who are who's it with you now? Yeah, so we have currently more than 100 volunteers. So mm -hmm. it's clearly a not-for-profit organization. 100 volunteers, that means uh, women like me who dedicate part of their time for this cause. It can be men, it can be women old, young, whatever nationality, mm -hmm. and we all have that common view that we can share and give some of our time and expertise for this to help others. We have speakers, we have mentors, we have ambassadors, we have people who help us uh, to, to raise some money, and we have just people who give their, their thoughts, their strategic yeah. thinking, their public relations skills. So all kinds of skills are actually given to make this happen. So it's very much uh, a, a not-for-public, but then organized in a way that is fully transparent with an advisory board, a board, an executive committee, a marketing department, a website. So very much run like a company. Of course, like with everybody having this experience and, and planning to do um, a mature somehow approach, right? We, we understand we need to stand on our feet sustainably over years, probably decades from now on, right? Um, and you're speaking about what these 100 volunteers for now give to the community. What are they getting? I'm very curious, maybe for yourself, like what's in it for you? What type of um, wins do you have for yourself, personal or professional? But I'm also very curious, what do the volunteers say? Like why their time is very expensive, I'm, I'm thinking, right? But they do decide to put that time in this project. What are they getting back? That's a very good question. And I would say that we are also making a total new concept of what a business is or what a community is. So I would say that every member, every volunteer, every board member is actually giving and taking at the same time. And that is a concept I very much believe in. So there are two things. It's a community and it's a network. So that means that in a way women like to give, but what I will learn, take back as well. So it is both using all that goodwill that is available and making it to a professional organization, but also learning women that actually when you give, you also receive and enjoy the pleasure of receiving as well. So for me, for example, taking on this organization and stretching it to the next step, it was 
the gift of being the, the CEO of a startup. Because yeah. I've always been working in very <laughs> large organizations, very bureaucratic with lots of administration and rules. And now you can start from scratch and rebuild and rethink a network-based organization, also based on the principles of community, values, mission-driven, passion-driven, but you make it in a professional way. And that's a startup that is becoming profitable, that will grow. And that's an enormous joy to, to live and to experience. And gain for us all, I must say. Um, yeah. Um, thinking back to your four drivers of change, these 100 volunteers and hopefully next ones, they are aligned to these drivers. They are aligned to these principles. Let's jump a bit into that because I, I love how you're explaining why this matters in their combination. And they're not isolated. There's not one more important than the other. There's a, a very clear link between all of them. Yeah, tell us a bit more. So what are those four drivers of change to start with? The first one are the women themselves. We have a wonderful network and powerful network if we want to use it. And that means the target is to have 1,000 women saying, I'm ready, I'm eager for the next step. That's what the first thing we are working on. And then we have uh, we have uh, mentoring programs, uh, accompanying programs, every month an event, workshops, a community, an online learning platform, all things that will actually make that, uh, making that career thinking fun and easy. Also very important in the, to that concept, every woman that joins will give and take, as I said already. The second driver of change is the European level, the policymakers. What I was referring to, having that board directive voted would mean that in 10,000 of companies, you would get that target of 40%. It would be an enormous driver of change. The third driver is be present in 20 countries. By next year, we will have a like-minded organization we partner with in at least 20 countries. And the last driver of change is working with the companies themselves. So actually, European yeah. Women on Boards, it's women, but working together with a man and also very important, looking at diversity in general. So it's not mm -hmm. about white women, it's about women in general and about diversity in the widest yeah. sense. And I, I guess we are, we're looking at expanding even the concept of gender, um, making it more clear at a European level. If, if I'm looking at the um, uh, organizations in the US, it's, it's a little bit more diverse diversified, more holistic. And I, I think there's a lot of work there. But going back a little bit to, to the 20 countries, how many countries are you covering now? Uh, over 10 countries. And we Amazing. have either full members uh, that also deliver a board directive and, and work uh, operationally, either partner. And so uh, we still have a couple of countries to, to do, but we will be 15 by the end of the, this year and over 20 next year without any problem. But we have at least 30 countries in Europe, so we still have uh, I know. plenty of work. <laughs> we still have some work. <laughs> sign up, sign up, sign up. Um, but where where I'm, you make it sound so easy, right? You're like, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we have amazing people. And I think that's, that's nice. But I want to hear what's also harder to do than you estimated? You were saying even this transition, right? To a, an environment that is very much bootstrappy, startup-y. Uh, we're, we're trying to kind of figure it out as we go, but with very, very competent people, which makes it easier. But I'm, I'm sure that 
there were things you hoped they will happen and it's maybe harder to get there or, or just harder to break through. Yeah, of course there are difficult things, but I'm here to, uh, to, to make everyone <laughs> enthusiastic and to rally things. So, um, no, I would say that if you think about this, Oana, there is half of the population that has been left out so far. Yes. So it is way more easy to find one woman, which is the most competent to add on your board, if you have nine out of 10 men already, it's mm -hmm. way more easy to find one very competent woman than to find the 10th man that you would have left out. So basically this is about untapped mm -hmm. talent. Which and it's is what I'm all about. It's Greenfield. And of course, there are difficulties, but that's difficulties that you have in a startup. It's also mm -hmm. difficulties which are actually nice difficulties to have if you really want to live the show. And that means diversity in the widest sense. It means that me too, I have to look into my unconscious bias. I have to look at how diverse is my LinkedIn network. And it means that I will have to find other ways, other strategies to have women of all origin, because if I only pick those who come to me, I will not be diverse enough. So true. Um, and I think the network concept is evolving so much. Um, from this, we build a network at work and then we build a network outside work, all these social events that I think they were very much happening in a not necessarily prohibitive, but definitely constrained way for women, whether it was the place it was taking, <laughs> it was happening as a social event, the time of that weekend and so on. I think and we are now moving, especially with the remoteness of things, we have more flexibility and we realize the impact of that. Very quick story on this. I was working in Paris a couple of years ago and usually working on, on DEI initiatives, I was working with women, a bit like you. But in Paris, I, I, I reached a point where Somehow the organization had a lot of men in, in power, uh, but very open-minded men and very keen to change something. And the first allies I built there were exactly around this when they realized they started having children. And they said, as soon as we started having children, my wife, which is exactly the same level as I am, the same type of job that I am, has less opportunities than I do to build network. And I want to make sure that whatever we we create, events, learnings, uh, sharing experiences are accessible. But we needed that trigger, right? And I think this is what your organization is probably going to tap into a lot, trigger for everybody. Yes, and I think you, you point out to something very important. We have moved to a different world now. Mm -hmm. Post-COVID, we know that we can do a lot with digital. That's also our opportunity. I yeah. can reach out on LinkedIn and people can reach out of me. So you have the power of digital, meaning that if you create events online, whether you create it for 100 or 1,000, once that you have uh, uh, covered your cost, it's profitable. But the, the magic thing that we want to build, uh, Oana, is the following. It's using the power of digital to scale and have impact, but it is creating a community and network the way women like it. And how yes. does that work? It means that when we have conversations, when we have LinkedIn events, when we have events via Zoom, we have a very close contact with the, the participants. So they are, they are very lively chats. We have 
all, all the time comments and questions and feedings in the chat. And that means that we learn women how they can in just one hour learn something, get to know a speaker, get to know others, be very lively in the chat, connect, and then see how they can use that connection to create a one-on-one, one -on -one, for example, with a CEO, with a headhunter they got to know, with others that can explain them information. So we use actually the brain, we use the digital skills, but then we use the heart the connection, the proximity, the way women like to chat and interact. But we make it productive and we are very much focused on what is your next goal and how can we help. This is what I was curious about. What do people want to address? Because again, these are women already in a C-suite. These are women already in, in board position or up and coming, right? And I, I'm sure their topics are in a, in a way aggregating, starting to aggregate, and you see certain patterns. What are the themes that show up in the conversations? What are the resources that people mostly tap into? Very, very focused uh, topics. So that means that very senior uh, women want to know how do I get to that C-suite position? So that's a real glass ceiling. Uh, only 7% of companies are led by a female CEO. Mm -hmm. It's extremely a uh, low number. So how do you get that visibility at the C-suite that you are asked, that you gain support? So that's one key milestone. And the second is if you have a 2025 career in a, in a business, how do you move from an executive uh, job to a non-executive job? So these are the key milestones where we step in. And basically, we have five steps. It's a program in five steps. The first is, how can you take stock in those moments of career switch? How do you take stock of what you have been doing? And we help you to structure that thinking. Lots of women have not learned to sell themselves, let alone to think about all the good things they have yes. done. So take stock. The second is what do you want? We help you figure it out and pitch yourself at the highest possible to elevate yourself to that next thing. And then the third step is to increase your visibility. Lots of women, most women I talk to, have not in LinkedIn that is up to date, are not posting, <laughs> think that it's boring and we make it fun. You've said it already. The fourth thing is expand your network in a very focused way. So, and that you can use our network. You want to go to the food agro, we have people in there. You want to move to the US, we have people that can help. So expand your network in the direction of travel to make it to, 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 uh, to accompany you on the journey. And the last step is find a job, how to find vacancy, yeah. how to prepare for a headhunter's talk and so on. So take stock, define your pitch, yeah. increase your visibility, expand your network in the direction of travel and land the job. Amazing. Come on this podcast to increase visibility. <laughs> But definitely take on the five steps. This is gold, Hedwig. I, I feel we are not intentional enough indeed. And uh, maybe this is what you're bringing to the table, the intentionality, the focus, the uh, let's not kid around. This is needed, right? In order to get to where you want to be, if you want to be in this space, we do need to focus on this. Sometimes we will be pushed, but sometimes not, right? So how do we balance the opportunities that we have there? Amazing. Yeah, I also think there is another element, Oana, we work very much with companies themselves. So it's not only um, our aim to get a job, 
it's also the aim to like the job, to have fun in a job. And it's also yes. important for companies to understand that if they want talent, they need to use it. It's not only about diversity, it's also about inclusion. Half of the top hires leave within two years. So that there is, is an extremely such... high fallout at, yes. at those levels. So, and that's all about culture. And so what, I, what we also learn to women is that rather than say, will I get there? Uh, I also learned to say, what kind of company actually do I want to go to? Mm -hmm. Make it your choice. And so um, instead of that imposter syndrome saying, okay, I've now do, done so many things, I'm going to get more confidence and, and competence, I am already. What do I want to do? What is the place I will have the highest possible impact and that's a complete shift in your mindset for sure and somehow I, I i see a side effect maybe it's intentional for your organization but once these women learn all these steps learn kind of how the the process works it's a bit of a process indeed they can build it in their current organizations it becomes a part of the culture it becomes a part of their running principles um, do you see this already do you see some feedback I, I'm, I'm curious on the impact on the larger community in a way not just the individuals that are, are coming and joining your programs Absolutely. So, of course, if you're the only woman uh, around the board, that will be complicated. But if you get more, if you also find male allies, as you are uh, saying, if you can bring this in a more in a more broad discussion of how are we going to take on the challenges of tomorrow in terms of sustainability, in terms of reputation, etc., etc., uh, well, that's amazing. And then you you are not only talking about your own career, but you are talking about your mission, what you bring yes. to the table. And it's um, for women way more easy if they can learn to explain what they are going to do in terms of contribution to the company, way more easy than if they just have to pitch themselves. So that's something that we learn and, and it's very, very successful. Amazing. Hedwig, um why you, right? You are now the chair of this organization. I see great future for it, um, not just for the people, but impacting the European community overall and businesses and business success and creativity and so much more. Like I could go on and on. But why you uh, particularly? I understand there is a, a tr um, let's say, a motive, an intrinsic motive due to your upbringing and, and the, the society somehow that we are in. Uh, but why this particular project uh, that you are contributing to? Yeah, I think it's coming from my youth. I, I also think it's, it's, uh, it's leadership that I've, that I've built through my life. So uh, I, I think that's something I have in me to want to change something, to want to drive things. I very much did that in, in the banking industry where I bring uh, that focus on sustainability, climate change, of course, as well, financial inclusion, as you, as you say. But of course, for women, this is an enormous challenge. We, we have to double the numbers, Oana. 
we have to double the number and we want to double the numbers in five years. What kind of company can give you that opportunity? Well, it's the best uh, investment you can do. And it's, it's not only women, it is diversity in the widest sense. And that's a huge challenge, but also a huge opportunity. Yes. And I see it every day. Our, our society becomes more diverse. If you look at the schools, Oana, if you look at the schools in your neighborhood, yeah. in my neighborhood, half of the yeah. children that you see there have grandparents who are not from here. So our community, our society is completely shifting. And we are still working with a, 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 wild, a white male uh, top of the past, disappearing sure. species. So it's a much broader discussion. How are we going to have sustainable societies using talent? And that's actually for the better, for the good for a, a better society for all of us. For sure. Like I'm a very selfish person, to be honest, when it comes to my career. I, I come from recruitment and the more talent I can tap into, the better. So this is why I'm also here making sure that these type of initiatives are uh, top of mind for organizations because we're missing out on so much. And every CEO you ask out there, what is your biggest, one of the, your biggest struggles when running the business is hiring and talent and sustainable tenure. Um, and this, this is the way to go for sure. I'm also very curious, um, who is Hedwige beyond your, beyond the career, beyond this mission on gender equality. Um, what are some, some things maybe that give you energy, personal resources, um, hobbies, things that kind of keep you going outside of all these big rocks that you have? Yeah, I think that uh, I learned that the hard way. I had to start my career all over uh, four times. So to rethink, refine the job. And so I think 10 years ago, I learned the power of meditation, the power mm -hmm. of mindfulness, the power of also taking care of yourself, your body, your fitness. And so uh, each morning I start my day with 20 minute jogging. Uh, so easy jogging, uh, 20 minutes, enjoying the sun and the outside air. Uh, and also taking time to reflect. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm working crazy hours, that's true. But um, having that, um, that mission in life, also taking care of my husband, who is very sick now, taking care of the kids, uh, their future. So having that purpose in life beyond, uh, of course, the, the practicalities, it's for me very rewarding to be able mm -hmm. to take care. But I would say the lesson I learned, uh, Oana, you have to take care of yourself first. And that means be yeah. fit. And it's a very wise lesson that my husband uh, gave me once. He said, actually, you can do whatever you want mm -hmm. in life. You can choose the career you want. But I have two principles. First, I have to see that you're happy. And second, mm -hmm. you should never be exhausted when you come home. So choose <laughs> something where you give energy as much as you take uh, give, uh, get energy back. And that's a very golden rule. So just choose your career and your life so that it gives you the energy you need. And if you feel exhausted and unhappy, I'm sure you, you're not in the right job. Let's change. <laughs> For sure. Change, change scares people. And I think we, we have so many, even general literature, change is scary. And I'm, I think we need to change that literature. <laughs> first of all, because it can be energizing in the same time and it can be um, 
surprising in terms of what you discover about yourself and about others. So I'm I'm very excited to see um, uh, how European women on board is contributing at the highest level for this. And I'm I'm also very curious on what are some of the key plans for moving forward. I understand we're now aiming at 20 countries. If, if you can share, of course, the bigger vision, the bigger mission, if I talk to you again in 10 years, what we, should we be talking about then? Yes, so now it's the foundation. So the, the four drivers, yes. that's the foundation. And once you get that done, you're, you're profitable and then it's self-fulfilling. So the whole concept mm-hmm. is growing. So once you have 1,000 women, the organization is up and running to scale and it will be 5,000, 10,000 with no problem. European policy is very important. You start with the board, then you can go to the executive level. We have 20 countries, then of course we want 30 and then we will uh, work together with other. But my mission is not to be the biggest myself. The idea is to have impact. That means working together. So it's a network and so it's having one candle and that one candle will lit 10 other candles and it's not my candles but it is a lightning that that changes so the mission of european women on boards is to expanding the impact but not to be a big big uh, uh, company ourselves it's about what impact do you make and how do you start the movement that's the whole plan i think there's nothing left to say We will close it here, Hedvig. This is beautiful to see growing and uh, having such a fast take, I would say. I I see so many people interested and I see your content that you're creating and your organization is creating being very engaging and very targeted. Um, And I wish you the best success in that. Everybody uh, listening to us uh, today or tomorrow, it's a podcast so you can listen to it anytime, um, do reach out. I think this is the call to action, right? If you are in a position of one to be in a C-suite, in a board um, quality, reach out, connect with this network uh, and and make those five steps clear for yourself. Absolutely. So uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or visit our website, europeanwomenonboards.eu and everyone can can ask for a conversation or an invitation to an event to see it for yourself and let you get inspired. Thank you, Anna, for this uh, talk. Thank you as well. I am signing up. Okay, have a nice day. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for staying with us for the entire episode. You are the best. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to the We Include podcast on Spotify or the podcast provider of your choice. And don't forget to share in your networks. It's highly appreciated. You can find me on LinkedIn for suggestions of initiatives and topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. They are coming out weekly. Till next time, take care.